Have you ever complained to God before? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand, all right? I just want you to think about it. Yeah, a couple of us are just brave enough. I know I have. Uh, anybody besides me ever complained to God? I was complaining one time to the Lord, and uh, I don't want to tell you how recent that was, but I was, uh, I was, I was complaining one time, uh, let's say it was a long time ago, hypothetically, to the Lord about so much stuff. It's like, come on, God, I know you see this, but so much stuff to have to deal with at one time. And in the middle of my prayer, because it started out, I hate it when I go to pray and I end up complaining. I hate that. And that happens occasionally. It starts out as a prayer request and ends up me whining. And, I, and, and I'm not very proud to tell you that, but I know I'm not the only one. And so, you know, I found myself with all these heavy, heavy things, and I'm praying, and then my praying turns into complaining. And I was like, I know you see all of this. And then out of my spirit came something that I said. God didn't say it to me. I said it to him, but I knew it came out of my spirit. And this is what I said. Lord, when I get to heaven, I sure hope you don't show me an, altern an alternate reality that I could have had had I have not have had these reasons to pray. I hope that you don't show me an of who I would have become without my teachers, who I would have become without my valleys. God, I hope that you don't show me that I would have become a spoiled brat that didn't know how to worship and didn't know how to pray and didn't know how to lean on the everlasting arm of God. Lord, I hope that you don't show me that there could have been another reality to your life, but because I sent you into a few battles, you learned how to hold a shield. Because I sent you into a few battles, you now can wield a sword. And because I sent you to a few valleys, you know how to press on and not give up so easily. Maybe because I sent you some teachers who felt more like taskmasters at the time that you now have discipline, but where would you be without discipline? Where would you be right now if you'd never been taught to fall into the lap of God and sometimes collapse on him because of the weariness of your soul? What kind of person would you be without your teachers? What kind of person would you be without your valleys? So tonight I wanna to talk about teachers and treasures in the most unlikely place. Teachers and treasures in the most unlikely place. Now we're gonna start out obviously with Psalm 23, which most of you can quote. With Psalm 23 in the mix, you know we're gonna end up in the valley, right? So you can kinda of see that already that we're gonna start off on a mountain, we're gonna go down into a valley, and we're gonna come up on the other side onto another mountain. So that's our journey tonight. We gotta to start on one mountain, walk through a valley, and then come out on the other side on a different mountain. But you only reach the second mountain if you keep walking. You only reach the second mountain if you learn the lessons of the valley. Now, whether you, want to, whether you want to admit this or not, there are some great teachers in the valley. There are some great 
victories in the valley. There are some battles won in the valley. Nobody wants the valley, right? Nobody wants to be oppressed. Nobody wants to have dreariness and weary days. We all want the mountain. And God says, I want you to live on the mountain, but you can't appreciate the mountain till first you've walked to the valley. You can't have true gratitude. You can't have true thanksgiving. You can't have true worship. I want to tell you something I've learned about worshipers. When I see a broken and spilled out worshiper, I leave them alone. I know they get on some people's nerves. You know, I'm kind of an out loud worshiper myself, and I probably am too much for some people. You know, I'm always jumping around and waving my hands and hopping. I like to, I don't know why, but I hop. I think it's because our church in St. Louis was so big. Everybody was together. In a small church, you can kind of frail you know you can kind of the man on fire thing you can't do that in a big church oh you, you just got enough room to do this so pastor in that large church all those years this is kind of how we worship we look like the hopping church because everybody would just so I still do that and that's me but I can tell you behind every broken worshiper is a story Nobody worships that way who's had it easy their whole life. I'm telling you, when you see Mary breaking the alabaster box, you leave her alone because you have no idea what she has gone through to be able to offer that level of praise to God. When you see somebody that is just kind of an out-of-the-box praiser and worshiper, what you don't know is they might have almost died a hundred times to get to lift those hands and walk through that valley, their praise has a story behind it. And it's the valley that teaches you how to praise. Now, if you've ever been in the valley, you know the safest place in the world is worship. Worship is safer than prayer. Prayer feels good, but it's hard. Prayer can wear you out, but you get lost in worship. You don't want to come out of that room. I mean, you get lost in a place of worship, especially when it's those private victories. You know, private victories are better for you than public victories. The ones that everybody can see. I promise you that if somebody is worshiping loudly in public, they're also worshiping in private. And what you haven't seen is them dance in private. What you haven't seen is them get mad at the devil and grab their shofar and blow it all over the house and slap oil on every bedroom door and dare the devil to come in while they read the Bible out loud marching through the house. That's the side of them you didn't get to see. But that's what it took for them to be able to lift up holy hands and worship God the way they're worshiping. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. So people, especially people that are out-of-the-box worshipers, always have a testimony of deliverance, a testimony of, of trudging through something to get them there. So the valley is a place where we learn a lot. As a matter of fact, God parted the Red Sea in a valley. Okay, so I'm going to give you a keyword. When I point, you say in a valley, all right? So God parted the Red Sea. David fought Goliath. 
God destroyed the armies, the three nations, with Gideon and his 300 men. Ruth gleaned in Boaz's field and became Mrs. Boaz. That happened in the Shepherd's Valley. That's right. It was the valley that Jesus was born in. The, the shepherds heard the announcement from the angels that Jesus was born. Ezekiel prophesied to dry bones that they would get up, and we call that the what? The valley of dry bones. That's exactly what we call that. And Jesus is going to conquer the world at the battle of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo. That is where it's going to happen. There are battles that are fought and won in valleys that you cannot win any other place. So why don't we start there? I know I'm out of sequence, but let's start with a, the old familiar passage of Psalm 23. You could probably stand and quote it with me, but I'm not going to ask you to do that. It starts this way. Interestingly enough, we quote this most often at the cemetery, but this has nothing to do with death. No one ever dies in this valley. This is not a valley of death. It's a valley that feels like death. It's the shadow of death, but no one ever dies in this valley. And can I tell you, you're not going to die in this valley either. This is not a valley. Don't die if, you, if it's not your time. Come on. Don't give up if there's more life in front of you. Don't give up your anointing that easily if God's got a plan for your life. So understand that. All right. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. I want, I want you to notice some language. If you're looking in your Bible, I want you to notice every time it says the word he. He makes me. And I'll, I, I could preach every one of these for an hour, and I can't do it, so I'm just going to comment, all right? So you're going to get commentary. He makes me. God makes you into things you cannot make yourself into. That's the potter's wheel we're talking about there. God, has God ever made you lie down? <laughs> he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Interestingly enough, that God chooses a valley to restore your soul. A valley is going to make me heal my emotions. A valley is going to give me back my will to fight and live. He, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, go to the next part of that verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, notice this. The language has changed. David starts out saying, he, 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 until he gets to the valley. Oh, yeah, man, I'm on the mountain. I'm the champion. Everything is going. He is with me. Oh, yes. He is for me. He is on my side. That's what it looks like. God's over there, and I'm over here winning, right? So he is with me. He is leading me. He is, he is comforting me. He is strengthening me until you get to the valley. And when he gets to the valley, his position with God changes from God being over there to God being right here. The valley has made him lean up against God. Now the valley has brought him close. Look at this. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For what? You are with me. 
Oh my, come here, Gabe. Help me preach. Help me preach to me, everybody. Come on up here. Just jump on that and get on up here. Okay. See, here's me and God. Stay right there. He is, here is me and God on the, on the mountain. I'm up here and I'm winning. Everything is going good. Hey, God, he's leading me. He's saying, come over, he's leading me. But suddenly trouble comes into my life. Suddenly an enemy attacks me. Suddenly I am up against something that's too big for me. And what do I do? I am now saying, now he is with me. He is not over there. My position has changed for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now look at this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. You give me goodness and mercy that follows me all of the days of my life. If I had not have had a reason to pray, God would have remained there and I would have remained here. But because God is, don't leave me yet, God. I'm going to chase you down if I have to. But because now I'm in trouble, I don't want to live without God by my side. I don't want to walk without God by my side. Keep going, Gabe, because I'll chase you. I'll chase God wherever he goes. I'll chase God. See, where I want to be near God, I need a, I need a helper. I need a fighter. I need a defender. So I'm going to run after God with all of my heart until God is near. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.